Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and happy 2022. I am so excited to have you joining me for today's episode. I'm Sarah Powers, and today I'm flying solo without my co-host, Megan Francis, because it is the first Friday of the month. That's typically when Megan and I take turns chatting with a guest, or in today's case, multiple guests. Today's episode is perfect for the new year. My guests and I are going to be talking about how we approach planning. So paper versus digital, our own personal and work planning versus like keeping the family calendar organized and all the tools and resources that keep us on track. So just a little backstory here. I have two guests today, both longtime friends of the podcast. One of them, Sarah Hart Unger, is returning for the third year in a row to be my January guest in this Voices interview series. Sarah is a total whiz at all things planning and goal setting, and she and I always have a ton of fun. So she's become kind of my returning sidekick for the New Year episode. And then my plan this year was to bring on two more of my favorite internet friends who are also geniuses when it comes to organization and productivity. So that's Christine Coe of the Edit Your Life podcast and also bostonmamas.com and Kelsey Wharton from the Girl Next Door podcast. So we booked a time to record. We all got really excited about this roundtable of planning and productivity. But then Kelsey couldn't make our recording session because she was under the weather. So the episode you'll hear today is Christine and Sarah and I, and we had a total blast. I can't wait for you to listen. I actually can't imagine how long this episode would have become with another guest in the mix. And so even though we missed Kelsey, I think today's conversation is going to leave you feeling excited and inspired for 2022. And so this story has a happy little ending, friends, because now Kelsey is feeling better. And I still wanted to get her answers to the same questions I discussed with Christine and Sarah on today's podcast. So lucky for all of us, Kelsey has agreed to join me for a special Instagram live next week where she and I will talk about how she manages planning and goal setting as an at-home mom of three young kids. If you're already following the Mom Hour on Instagram, look for Kelsey and me to be live Monday of next week. So that's January 10th. 
And, you know, right now in the world, making plans is a bit of a gamble. So if you don't see us that day, trust that we'll get it scheduled sometime very soon. But as of this recording, that is the plan. Monday, January 10th, Kelsey and me live on Instagram talking about the very same topics you'll hear Sarah and Christine and I talk about in the episode. If you are not following us yet on Instagram, we are just at the mom hour and we would love to have you join our community there. We'll make sure to link up that live chat here in the show notes for this episode after it airs. So if you're listening to this, you know, later into January, you can also access that link right here in the description show notes for this episode. Okay, enough with the backstory. Thanks for sticking with me there. If you are not familiar with today's guests, I want to briefly introduce them to you. Christine Coe is an author, podcaster, and all-around internet unicorn who has become a dear friend of mine over the years and goes way, way back with Megan as well. You know Christine's voice from the Edit Your Life podcast, and you've probably read her words online all over the internet, including at her popular site, bostonmamas.com. And then Sarah Hart Unger is a full-time physician with three young kids who also blogs and podcasts part-time and gets it all done because of her planning prowess. She hosts a podcast all about planning called Best Laid Plans, and she co-hosts the podcast about working motherhood Best of Both Worlds with her co-host, Laura Vanderkam. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. 
That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay, I am here with Christine Coe and Sarah Hart Unger, and I am just so excited to have you both here. I have shared in the intro a little bit about you and what you do, but I would love for you both to introduce yourselves to our listening audience. And Christine, we can start with you. Just tell everybody where you live and what you do for work and how old your kids are. I think this is kind of relevant when we're going to get into talking about goal setting and planning because someone with toddlers at home, for example, is in a very different life stage than someone with teenagers and tweens. So Christine, tell us about yourself. Yes. Well, hello. And I am just, I have a huge smile on my face talking to both of you today. So thank you so much for welcoming welcoming us onto the show, Sarah. Um, yeah, I am based in Boston. I I do a lot of things for work, but I guess I'll just say that I'm a creative director, podcaster, author, speaker, All the uh, just person who does a lot of things on the internet. I actually have internet unicorn on my business card, so I feel like that kind of just summarizes it. And I have two kids. I have a 10-year-old and a 17-year-old who will be heading to college next fall, so OMG. OMG <laughs> is right. I love Water it. for a separate episode. <laughs> Seriously, we will have you back to talk about that later in the year. Um, and Sarah, tell us about you and your family. Yeah. So my name is Sarah Hart Unger. I am in South Florida uh, in Cooper City, which is kind of a suburb of both Fort Lauderdale and Miami. I have three kids, ages four, almost eight, and almost 10. And I am a practicing physician. I'm a pediatric endocrinologist, and I also run our pediatrics residency program in Hollywood. That is that is something because I think internet people, Sarah, know you as also a podcaster. Um, and I shared that in the intro, of course, that you co-host Best of Both Worlds and you have an entire podcast about planners and planning, which I know we'll get into. But your full-time job is as a physician. So I just think that's really cool. Um, Christine, we should say that you also have uh, an honorific at the front of your name. So I am here with two doctors today. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know. I, I My dad always, his little like dig about my honorific, which is it's a PhD, is that I couldn't prescribe medicine so really, or med- you know, any medicine so really how useful was I? <laughs> I mean, I just think it's very cool that both of you have that honorific and I'll take it in all forms today. So yay. Okay. Well, listeners mostly know me already, but just to join in the fun, I live in Santa Barbara, California. I work nearly full time. So I would say a flexible 30 to 40 hours a week. And I do that running this here little podcast business with my business partner, Megan Francis. And my kids are 13, 11, and very soon to be nine. Well, we're going to dive into talking about some of the tools and resources that all three of us love when it comes to planning and goal setting and all the nerdy things. So I want to start with the physical. And by that, I mean paper and pens and notebooks and I don't know, anything that you hold in your hand or carry from your office to your dining room, as I am constantly doing. Um, So maybe we could each just share a few favorites. And Sarah Hart Unger, I am going to start with you because you literally have the podcast about paper planners. So please take it away. Yes, I love planning on paper. I don't exclusively plan on paper, but I greatly enjoy the medium, the sensory aspects of it, as well as the way I feel like it connects kind of more deeply to parts of my brain when I'm trying to plan ahead. So I guess I'm not going to share my entire paper armistice. If you're interested in that, definitely check out a recent episode of my podcast that's on my planner stack for 2022. But my my like daily go to workhorse 
paper planner product right now is the full focus planner, which is a daily planner that has a full page for each day, as well as a notes page on the right. And I just really love the layout and the paper. I find it very pleasing to use. And it's great when you have kind of a schedule that you want to put together, but also want to figure out how to fit your various to do's and priorities in with that schedule. Can I jump in with a quick follow up just because I need a visual? Can you roughly describe like how what the shape and size of this paper planner? Because I think daily pages and I think like big and heavy. It's a quarterly planner. So it does not have enough pages for the entire year. You replace it each quarter, which I really enjoy as well because there's that fresh start aspect of it. And um, I I hesitate to use the, um, you know, like A5 because the listeners to this podcast may be like, what is that? But uh, I'm going to guess it's probably six by nine inches, something like that. It's not a gigantic book and it's a spiral book. So um, it's not small. Uh, They have both spiral and like a hardback version. I really like the spiral because that way it takes up less desk real estate and I can look at one side at a time. But it's not a big behemoth, even though it's a daily book, because it only carries three months worth of your year. That makes sense. Okay, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) So that that would be my go to paper product right now. And then you asked about other little tools. So I felt I might as well share my favorite go to pens which if you like gel pens, I know a lot of people love the paper might mate flares and the ink joys, but you might want to check out the Pentel Energel series. And I specifically like the Klena ones, which I think come from Japan. Uh, they have different sizes. I personally like the 0.4, but it just glides across so many different kinds of paper. Um, so that's my pen rack. And then finally, my other physical product isn't a planner, But my family is very dependent on a visual whiteboard that we fill out every single week. Well, we fill it out every single week that it's not like vacation time, because ironically, right now it's empty as we're recording this because for winter break, there wasn't as much going on. But normally every week that school's in session, I it has like the days Monday through Friday. And I put like what's for dinner and who has what activity when and, you know, if if, who's driving the kids to school because we have um, a nanny and like it really varies who's dropping off, who's picking up, depending on everybody's schedule. And if I don't have that done, everyone in my house is very stressed out. So this is a physical item that really helps keep the family organized. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I'm, our family is addicted to the whiteboard. I've created a a family of like whiteboard addict monsters accidentally. But my question is how big is this whiteboard and where does it hang in your house? It's actually in a hallway, okay. <laughs> um, the way our house is laid out. And um, it's but it's pretty prominent as you walk in the door. You see that as you're walking into the main room. I actually have two. One of them and it's pretty large. Um, it's the Aaron Condren one and they only sell one size. So it's whatever the default large size okay. is. And I apologize. I don't have the exact dimensions. But the one that gets the heavy use is basically laid out like a weekly calendar. So there's mm-hmm. there's eight boxes Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on the bottom, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all those boxes have like big wide lines to write in. And then on the the bottom right is a blank one where you could put like groceries that we have to pick up or something like that. And then I have another one next to it that's kind of more of like a behavior slash chore chart. That one doesn't get as heavy use. We we (laughs) fade in and out on that one. (laughs) I love all of those things. And I love just the peek into your family's digital or not digital, excuse me, physical like organizing life. So Christine, I, my hunch is that you are more heavily digital like I am, but I know you. everything you touch <laughs> is lovely. And I've seen pictures of your office. So I'm so curious where you're going to go with this answer. And again, it doesn't have to be paper planners. It could be any any physical tools that help you feel 
you know, like an organized boss lady. Yeah. Well, first, I need to say I'm feeling incredibly um, inspired hearing Sarah talk. And <laughs> and I'm going to just boss you to make sure that you, in your show notes, add yes. lots of lovely affiliate links so people can support your show while they shop for their Pentel oh <laughs> Energel Clenas or whatever. Um, <laughs> so that being said, um, yes, I think personally for me, just as a working person, um, when it just involves me, I'm 100% digital. But for my family, we are 100% paper, mostly because I this is just what evolved. Sometimes great inventions come from meltdowns. That's an oh, yeah. ancient Korean proverb I just made up. <laughs> um, so what happened, this was years ago, and I was, like many moms, the gateholder of all the calendar things. People would come to me because they would need to know what was happening. And I just, I had like a colossal meltdown. And I was like, I cannot, I cannot hold all the things. And so I think actually my husband, John, who um, Sarah Powers knows as a therapist and, and has solutions for all manner of problems, <laughs> logistical and otherwise, logistical and emotional. Um, but he said, why don't we just kind of like have like a big, you know, piece of paper and draw a calendar on it, like really old school mm -hmm. and put it in the kitchen and put it on the door to the basement. So it's, it's one place for everyone. So what has evolved over the years is a big piece of poster board <laughs> where it. I draw a multi-month calendar. And the other part of the, the reason this evolved is I, John is not digital. I could not get him to accept my Google Cal invites or adopt. <laughs> like, reject, reject. Yeah. Like just, just flat out ignore nothing. John has not responded to your invite. I feel like <laughs> he has not. No, no. Um, so this actually ended up working out great. And so once a quarter, basically I draw, this is my like ability to tune into my ta the tactile elements yes. that Sarah was just talking about, but I literally grab a ruler, a pencil and a Sharpie and I draw the boxes and I just finished the one, um, you know, for the first quarter of, of 2022, I can get 13 weeks, an entire quarter on one piece of poster board. And for us, actually, that big picture, uh, I'm so interested in the sort of idea of like week by week planning versus, you know, months at a time. But for us as a family, it helps with the big picture, especially because we were talking before we got um, on the air officially, but, you know, in the winter we ski. And so just having some of those landmarks, being yeah. able to see them in front of us on a longer runway really helps. I totally agree. And I often need that zoom out, whether it's digital or physical. I, I It's like I always refer back to the line from Friends where Joey is in a city and he's holding a map and he, he says, I need to get in my map. And he, he puts it down on the sidewalk. So he can orient it like pointing the right way and then he physically gets in it. And that's how I feel about a calendar. Like I have to get in it. And usually that means that that quarterly zoom out view. So, Christine, I totally relate. I didn't know that about you. And you're so artistic and the things that you do are so beautiful visually that it just makes me so happy that you use that for like toward toward family calendar planning. I love it so much. That's so interesting. You have that interpretation because. My the the thing that has I've struggled and maybe um, the other Sarah will will answer but have a solution yeah. for me. But I the thing I struggle with about paper planners is my handwriting is terrible. Yeah, I want to have like the Martha Stewart feature handwriting. You know when somebody's you know yeah. articulating a beautiful label and the handwriting looks perfect. Mine is not like that, and that is one reason I haven't been able to adopt a sort of daily written. Um, 
you know, tracker because it just, I, I just feel so sad about my handwriting. <laughs> okay. Well that you set me up perfectly because I was going to weigh in on my physical tools. And that was my first comment is I, I struggle with loving paper and physical planning tools, not only because I have bad handwriting, but in large part also because I have bad handwriting, which I, so we can add that to our list of like secret lost twins, Christine, you and me, um, yes. bad handwriting. Are you, you're not a lefty, are you? I'm not a lefty. I just, um, yeah, it's just, just really bad. Yeah. Um, and Sarah, you are not a lefty, are you? I am a lefty you, and okay. I have good handwriting. <laughs> okay. This blows. Okay. This blows all my theories because another lefty problem I have had is anything with a spiral bind is hard for me to get around as a lefty, but I'm going to set that aside because Sarah, you have clearly solved that and none of my lefty theories hold up here. Okay. I, I, I do struggle with loving physical tools and I, part of it is because I have terrible handwriting. I'm also very inconsistent with like where and how I write things down on pen and paper. I love the idea of physical office supplies. Like, you know, as a kid, like shopping in the drugstore at the notebooks and the back to school. Like I do have that romanticized love of office supplies, but then I never use them as purposefully as I use my digital tools. Like if you were to peek behind the curtain of my digital organized life, it would be as expected. It's like very type A color coded, but my physical, the physical manifestation never lines up. So that's why I'm primarily digital. That said, I have a couple favorites. Um, Christine, so interesting. You said that you make your quarterly at a glance family calendar because I have a great small business, mom owned business called the essential calendar. And pretty much all they do is print these poster sized three month view of the year. I get the summer one every year and I hang it in a poster hanger. Like the kind where there's like a little wooden uh, bar across the top and bottom and the rest just hangs um, on the wall. So it looks pretty. And then they sell these cool pens and um, little washi tape that you can, you know, make it look so pretty. I, I only do that in the summer, but they sell them for all year round. So that's called the Essential Calendar. It's a small business. And of course, we'll link to all of this in the show notes. Um, I have always loved Moleskin softbound notebooks in the kind of eight by 10 ish size. They open, they lay really flat when you open them. And I've had just journal types or bullet journal types. This past year, I had one that did have some calendar pages. Um, I like the size and the soft cover, the flexibility of those. Um, so that's another physical tool I've gone back to. And then another one that's not exactly planning and organizing related, but it has helped so much since pandemic. Zoom time took took over. And that is a laptop stand that elevates my computer to a good camera height. And I have like four or five in my house because at one point all the kids were um, doing school online and it really helped them to be able to look right in the camera. So I thought I'd throw it in there because it's a physical object I use every day in my work life, even if it's not totally uh, planner or calendar related. All right. Well, we're going to go right into digital tools. And Christine, I am going to start with you because I everything I do, I learn from Christine Co. in the realm of digital organization. <laughs> um, so talk about any apps or gadgets or websites or even like a specific feature of maybe a well-known app or website that really helps you stay organized. Sure. Well, um, it's so interesting, too, with the pandemic, like the the apps that used to be on my primary screen have evolved over time. <laughs> and I would say the the three things that I use most often are, um, you know, anything Google related, calendar, drive, email, obviously that's just, that's how I keep everything organized um, and content wise. Um, grocery planning. <laughs> I just like have the apps for where I'm going to do curbside pickup and I just add stuff 
any groceries that I need as I go so I don't have to think about them. But the big one that I wanted to talk about, and Sarah, you and I have talked about this one a lot, is Todoist. It's a to-do app. Um, And just three main things that I want to call out on that is that um, I really, I talk about this a lot, I feel like, but I, I really struggle with holding things in memory. I think I just have too many things I'm thinking about. And so I just, I'm not a person who can, can hold like seven to 10 things in, in my memory and know that I'm actually going to remember them. So I am constantly recording to-do lists on the fly. I'll just open the app and, you know, anything I need to remember, I'll type in there. But also I find that I, I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) and anyone who follows me on Instagram knows I often write kind of long form. They're kind of like micro essays on Instagram, sort of weird, but that's just where I do it. And most of the times I'm composing them in Todoist in the comments, and then I'll copy it into an Instagram post. So weirdly, I do actually quite a lot of content writing Mm -hmm. in the comments on Todoist, which is seems to me like maybe a little weird, but I don't know. It works for me. I do that too. Just so you know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, we're sisters from another mister. This is how it goes. Um, The other, and I don't know if these two features are the paid version. That is what I use, but one of the lifesavers for me, you know, as we said at the, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I have a lot of hats that I wear, a lot of projects I run, just a lot of things. So the ability to set up recurring to-dos, because there are to-dos I have to do daily, I have to do them weekly, I have to do them every other day. Um, It has just saved so much mental energy from me, whether it's remembering work to-dos, keeping on top of projects, or like you know, if you have a dog and you have to give them medication once a month or once every three months, I just plug it in as a recurring item. And then I never forget. And everybody's happy. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention again, I'm not sure if this is paid or available in the free version, but one of the huge time savers for me is that, as I mentioned the comments, which I often draft stuff in, but for each recurring to do to do item, or even if it's a non, you know, a one-off item, if there's an associated email or Google Drive files or whatever, I add those links to the comments. So whenever, say I'm going to, you know, it's time to prep the show notes for my next podcast episode. The link is right there. I don't have yep. to dig for anything. It just makes everything very streamlined and easy. Um, and just a little, just a little side thing. At some point, this was years ago, Todoist reached out to ask if they could do a feature on me and Asha for their blog, my former podcast co-host. Uh-huh. And I was like, I feel like I've arrived. Todoist and I are now talking directly. (laughs) I love it so much. I will admit that I have reached out to them recently just because we have a lot of listeners in our community because you got me onto it. I got Sarah Hart Unger onto it and half our listener community because I've been talking about it on the show and I was on Sarah's podcast and I did reach out to them just because I felt like I feel like we should collaborate to do it. Yeah, right. Um, and, And I'll just add that um, for anyone on the fence about it, even if you are not working outside the home or don't uh, run 14,000 businesses like Christine Co., um, household management, recurring tasks, things like you said, giving the dog medicine, or I have these plants that I water every 10 days. And that's such a weird frequency, right? But I just type in once, water these plants every 10 days and every 10 days. I don't I don't have to remember if it's a Tuesday or a Friday because it just cycles oh, through every 10 days. So I think for um, household management, Todoist works equally well, and I use it for both work and um, and personal. Christine, I wanted to circle back to something you said about 
grocery list planning? Because you live in a city and you do grocery delivery mostly. Are you saying that you do you have a separate app for ordering and planning your food and groceries? Or do you just oh. mean you have like Instacart open in a tab? Yeah, well, I, I use um, I use either curbside pickup pick at a store called Wegmans. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you have Wegmans where you are, but um, or the other option is I use Shipped to do um, Target deliveries. Okay. So that those are the two main things. And every now and then I'll pop into the, the grocery store. But now that's just made my life a ton easier. So the, those are the ones I leave open. I love it. I didn't know if you had like a meal, like a separate meal planning app or grocery planning app, because that's another thing I know our listeners get very interested in. And I am not, I'm not a good I, resource in that area. Yeah. <laughs> so. I wish I was that organized, but I, I'm not. <laughs> well, if it works, it works, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, Sarah, it is your turn to talk about digital tools. And since you really do favor paper planning, I'm so curious how, how digital kind of overlaps with what you do on paper. Yeah, I do plenty that's digital. I mean, to be fair, when I'm doing my clinical work, it's all digital, like nothing's on paper anymore. So I'm comfortable in both worlds. I just am not ready to give up. There's something I like about filling out that daily page or tracking certain metrics on paper. Um, as I'm not going to go into Todoist too much since I can't believe Christine is also a user as well. So um, yes, I do agree. You should collaborate, but I do find that to be a great tool. And I only started using it because of you. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, actually I'll mention one use I found for it that was fun, which is that I used it to put like my, you know, Gretchen Rubin's like 22 for 2022 20, or whatever. I did that in Todoist because I felt like that was a place where I'm not going to forget it versus if I buried it in some paper notebook, there's a chance that I would like move on to another notebook and then would never see it again. So I thought that would be a fun way to incorporate that. So Todoist, but I also am a huge fan of Apple notes, like that old school, you know, little notepad thing that comes with your phone or a laptop. I am on Apple across all platforms, at least not at work, but like all my home stuff is Apple. So that, you know, obviously your mileage may vary if you are an Android person or you use other other um, you know devices. But I love it. It's my digital filing cabinet. I mean, I use it for everything from when I get an email that has a question for one of my podcasts. I have like folders for that. I use it for my kids when they get their medical form. I, I know I'm going to need to like refer to that. And sometimes it can be hard to, I guess I could just email it to myself and pull it up in Gmail, but it's easier to just kind of save it as a file. When my husband gets his work schedules, I like save that screenshot of that into notes. So I just use it as like an ongoing, um, organized, dumping ground. Right. Like a digital, yeah, like truly like a digital file cabinet that you can access from either device. Yeah. I like that. Yes. So I use that a lot and I really, really like it. Yeah. I guess those are my main digital, digital go-tos right now. Well, I love it. And this does kind of, again, set me up because what one thing I wanted to talk about was where Apple and Google meet, which is not always so friendly in my life. And I happen to know, Christine, you are Android and Google everything. And Sarah sounds like you are Apple everything. And I truly am like a half and half. But this is, I guess, for those listening who have been confused or who use both and aren't sure, um, Google is the engine of everything I do. Gmail, um, Drive, like you said, Christine, calendars. And I prefer it as a like as that engine running in the background. But my computer and my phone are Apple. And there are some things I like visually about Apple's calendar app, um, especially on the Mac, on the computer. And so just letting everybody know, it is totally possible um, to opt out of everything iCloud. Nothing is iCloud. I don't, no offense, Apple, but I don't trust Apple for anything cloud-based or 
like <laughs> iCloud, iCloud document storage. I don't pay for it. I opt out of literally all of it because it's all the, the same is all possible through Google. And I just prefer Google. That said, my on my desktop, the Apple or the excuse me, the Mac calendar app, like the one that just comes on your Mac pulls all of my Google based calendars and I can toggle them on and off and there I can color code them. So for me, any digital tool that allows me to to opt in or out to seeing the merge of my work and personal lives. Um, So this morning I was doing some personal calendar planning for 2022 and I just toggled off all of the work stuff. And so then I was looking at a clean digital view of stuff that only included the family. I could easily do the the opposite or I could see it all. And that is true on the daily view, the weekly view, on my phone, on my computer. So just a little vote for it can feel like Apple and Google and, you know, I'll throw Microsoft and other whatever other engines you're using maybe for work. Like they don't play well sometimes together. And often that's true. But to me, it's been really worth it to find a way for Google to be the engine running everything in the background, but to stick with my Mac and my iPhone, both of which I love, um, and have them able to sort of display what I need in a way that I like to see it. So I don't even think that's a tip or a hack. It's just like, it's something that works for me. I'm going to mention one more Todoist thing that has been really joyful and fun for me in the last year. Um, And that is that I use Instagram a lot, as I know, Christine, you do. And Sarah, I have a feeling you said you're taking a break coming up. But For those who do love Instagram, I often save Instagram posts that I like because I'll see a recipe. I'll see like um, an event coming up that I want to support or who knows what it is. So I'll click that little save button. And the the old problem was I never, ever went back to look at those saves. I completely forgot that I had ever saved them. So now I have a weekly recurring Todoist task that pops up on Saturday mornings for me to review my Instagram saves. And I do it for both the mom hour Instagram and my personal. And it takes me six minutes to go through, see what I saved. And then I create whatever action item is needed from there. Like, oh, that's right. I wanted to like try this new restaurant with Brian and the kids. Well, then that then becomes a task of its own. But that's just a little example of how Todoist has helped me uh, systematize other things that were already happening in my life, but I didn't have a good way to like capture them or, or make, or be more intentional about them. So I don't know. That was a lot. I'll open the floor if either of you have any other like digital things that came up while we were chatting. I'm just going to say that's super hot, Sarah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would also say that, um, you know, all this is very nitty gritty. So I'll just toss in one last recommendation is that uh, one of the other things I do is design things. I love design. And yeah color code your things. So like you can color code in Todoist, you can color code your calendar things in, in Google. Um, whenever I'm building a project planner in, in Google, you know, in Google sheets, mm-hmm. it's rainbow color coded. Like I just, these are the little, these are the little things and they make a difference. So I would highly recommend leaning into color as you plan your things. I would agree. And Sarah, don't you think it's the same for physical? Like that's one thing yeah. that crosses over um, paper and digital. No, it's and it's a nice way of bringing that kind of artistic touch if you're using digital options. So I love it. Yeah, I love it too. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. 
I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back. And I'm totally switching gears here because we just like nerded out for half an hour. I want to back up a little bit and kind of look at almost the psychology of being like a self-identified organized nerd, planner nerd, productivity nerd. Um, and I, I hope you're both OK with that, um, that terminology. <laughs> but um, I think sometimes we can get a bad rap for being inflexible or not very fun or not spontaneous. Um, and I'd like to push back lovingly against that reputation. And maybe you two can help me. So I would love to hear from both of you a way or a couple of ways that being intentional, intentional about planning and goals actually helps you and your family create more joy, maybe even more spontaneity, more fun. Like how does being this way about planning bring more joy to your life? And Christine, we'll start with you. Sure. I think this is such an excellent question. And I wanted to take a moment to just say to any, I I can imagine this would be practically all families. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are struggling with, I mean, everybody's going to be different in how they approach things. And one of the great learnings that I've had is I've always been an advanced planner. I just, that's how I work. I need to know what's happening. And my husband is not, he is, he is definitely, but it's not because he doesn't care. And that's what took me a little time to understand. It's because he legitimately wants to make a decision about he's feeling closer to the moment of the Mm -hmm. thing that's going to actually happen. And so I really respect that. And once I started to think about that more, I thought, okay, well, there are certain things in life that require planning ahead, especially with kids. I mean, 
if we want to go on one of those aforementioned ski trips, you got to plan that stuff ahead. Right. But there are a lot of other things that you can put on the calendar, put a pin in it and just try to make a decision a little closer in when you have a better sense of, you know, what life is actually like. So I really encourage people to do that because it's a good, I mean, it's basically a mindfulness exercise. Okay. That being said, um, I did want to point out, and this is, I don't know if I'm getting a little woo woo here, but I would <laughs> say that it. one of the ways that I try to use my planning, um, to build joy is I actually am using to do us, not surprisingly, but to remind me of two things, two opposing things that lead to joy. And one is reducing stress and the other is adding good things. So for example, an, an example of adding something good would be, uh, let's say my 10 year old Violet and I are watching the great British bake off, but it's, it's a Christmas edition and Christmas has already passed or it's soon to pass. I have literally put stuff in like ideas about recipes to try or other things mm -hmm. into my calendar to think about for November of the following year, which sounds so a little much. ridiculous, but no. it, it, it's really great. And like, we so have good. a good laugh about it when, when it happens, um, stuff like that, just little things. And then the other thing on the reducing stress side is, you know, we as human beings have a very short-term memory when it comes to things being stressful and, and, and bad and unpleasant. So, so I actually put reminders in to do it. So for example, um, one year, this was a few years ago, I had this like catastrophic summer stress meltdown. Like I actually went like face down in my office, could not move. It was like this weird, like paralysis response. No idea what happened. I think I just had like a huge meltdown about life and everything else. I actually put in my calendar for the next year, the next spring, avoid summer meltdown. And, <laughs> and like took the steps, took the steps I needed to do to, it reminded me the next year, I totally would have forgotten about it. Otherwise yeah. I actually linked to the Instagram post where I described the summer meltdown. So I could really see how bad it was. Um, and similarly, just one last quick example, uh, that brings it into the full family realm is this past summer, you know, my teenager girl loves to spend money. So she's got to make money. So she, she overloaded, overloaded herself working hours at multiple jobs. Um, but it meant that she was exhausted and it impacted all of the rest of her family members. Mm -hmm. So I literally tossed into Todoist a reminder for June 1st, 2022. I looked at it and wrote it down before coming to this episode. So I know exactly what it said. And it says, remind Laurel not to work as much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. But I the, love that. Yeah. All of these advance reminders, you know, six months in advance, 12 months in advance, have been enormously helpful in jogging my memory about what's happening in life and, you know, sort of the bigger picture down the road. Right. And it's sort of like creating an awareness of, I mean, life is going to happen. Stress is going to pop up. But you're right that we're not often very good at learning um, from those stressful moments. And so it, it to me sounds like you're using technology and planning and that forethought to like, learn from the present moment and not that it's like got to do better next time, not in that kind of a way, but just like to provide that gentle opportunity to grow, which is so, yeah. so, so, so cool. I also have to say that Brian and John, well, so I am both married to and business partnered with individuals who approach future planning, much like you described, which is not, not out of lack of caring, but more like 
how could I possibly know what I'm going to want for dinner on Friday? It's only Monday. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I, how am I supposed to know what to grocery shop for? If you can't tell me, you know, like that's the, mm-hmm. an example of the home, the natural home tension it creates. But I, like you, I have a ton of respect and I have learned so much from being partnered with people who approach planning like that. And for any listeners who just don't identify with the three of us, just know that you like your uh, approach to the world is so valued and so needed. We need we need it all to balance us out, I think. So, Well, Sarah, um, how about for you? How does your planning prowess um, translate to joy and fun in your family? Yeah, well, first, I just going to comment on Christine's last thing. I think it's yeah. like her current her caring for her future self. And I just yes. think that's just so beautiful because it's so hard to do at that time, but you've like found a way to bridge that connection. And I just, I'm so inspired by that. So I just, and all the roads lead to to do is Sarah, apparently, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So, um, yeah, this is so interesting. And, um, as you guys know, my, my podcast co-host for best of both worlds is Laura Vanderkam. And she has made this point many times, which is like, if you're going to wait for spontaneous fun to happen and you have like five children of different ages, like you're going to be waiting forever. Uh (laughs) It's just very hard. And once you have enough moving parts, if there are certain things you want to experience together or perhaps even certain combinations of people you want to bring together, then the reality is that probably some kind of forethought is needed. I'm not saying that, you know, spontaneity doesn't sometimes result in wonderful things. I can think of some like last minute play dates that were thrown together that were wonderful. But, you know, if you want to get out and do certain things and your family has multiple people and perhaps multiple people that work different schedules, there's probably some planning that's going to have to come into play. So that's that's just like my reality check take on it, which is that like the idea of spontaneity is so nice and romantic and it can fit in when it fits in. But the idea that that, you know, you planning is bad or, or that, um, I don't know that it takes away from the fun of life. I, I think that's, I think that's overblown personally, <laughs> even though I do respect that there's all kinds of people with different perspectives on the world. But if I want to have a date net with my husband, I have to have scheduled a babysitter. Like one is not going to appear magically out of thin air. Someone has to think about it. And in order to think about it, I probably needed to either put it in my planner or with you guys, maybe you needed to put a Google calendar reminder or put something in to doist. Um, so I guess that's just my maybe pessimistic take on spontaneity. <laughs> but I think you can build in spontaneity where it fits. Like there's no reason not to build some days where you purposely don't plan anything and you just kind of see what happens or you, you know, designate a week of summer that's just like, let's see what happens week or whatever. Um, as long as you can kind of get a balance of both. I think that that's kind of what works for for many families. Love that. Well, I think for me, when I think about how does my, you know, planning self help our family access that joy, I, I'll just co-sign a lot of what you both said, which is um, the big rocks, the ski trips and the vacations and the babysitter nights have to be thought of in advance. So that's that's one way of like carving out space. I think at like a more meta level, going back to Christine's poster um, with the three month view. When I can zoom out to that uh, like 90 day level or or right now, because we're going into the new year, even a 12 month look, I seriously get very 
zen. And it's like I was going to use a Beautiful Mind movie analogy, but now I'm going to use a queen, the Queen's Gambit because that's more recent where she looks up at the ceiling and like the chess pieces just make sense to her in her brain. And that is how it, it's like I, I do think that my calendar brain is just in such a way that I can see opportunities. I can see potential um, like Christine, you said, like potential times of stress, like, oh, whoa, we got a lot going on in this month, so I'm not going to plan anything else. Or like, oh, we don't have a lot going on in this month, so there's an opportunity there. And I think, I guess I see that almost as like a little gift to my family. Like that, that is how my brain works. It's not how everybody's brain works, but I'm going to use it for good. And the biggest way I use it for good is actually keeping things out of our calendar and out of our lives to avoid that feeling of, overscheduled stress because I don't do well. Um, and if mama's not happy, you know how the saying goes. So I guess when I calendar plan, it's as much to prevent crowding or overscheduling as it is to like put a bunch of fun stuff on our calendar. And I feel like I'm sort of like a, like a little ninja, like with a sword, like, like slashing away the potential interrupters to the things that are like important to the core of our family, you know, togetherness rest, play, downtime. So I don't know, maybe I'm inflating my own importance, but that's kind of how I feel about that, that role. And I'm curious if either of you relate to that role in the family. Well, I was just going to piggyback on what you said, which is like, sometimes what planning is, is actually planning in for that blank space, which can otherwise, you know, be taken, especially again, maybe by work or by, by others demands. And I think sometimes planning gets a bad rap because people think about, oh, planning means cramming in as many to do's as possible. But I think that you're you're exactly right. Like a lot of times you actually have to plan in the fun things. You have to plan in the lack of too many things. Um, That's that's all part of it. And so, um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to, to highlight what you said about about planning to make sure things are not being overdone. Yeah, I I'll I'll piggyback on that and just say this is something. I think about all the time. I mean, actually, well, first I'll just say that it was so interesting during the height of the pandemic when really everything came off the calendar and it was just empty, 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 you know, to go from that to see how fast uh, people hit the ground running when things started to open up. And I felt like it's there's an opportunity for people to think a little bit differently about how they fill their calendars and to add a little more intentionality about it. And something that Asha, my, who was my podcast co-host, and then we also wrote minimalist parenting together. You know, one of the things that I talked about in the book back then was this idea of really taking a Goldilocks approach to calendar editing and weekly editing is something I do routinely. And it's literally, I actually think probably because I used to be a scientist, but I think if people are feeling very overwhelmed by their calendars, it's a good opportunity to collect a little data, mm-hmm. maybe just look back four, six, eight weeks, whatever seems doable. And the the Goldilocks approach is just jot down like what weeks felt, you know, mind numbingly boring, how many events you had on the calendar that week, mm-hmm. you know, what weeks felt absolutely bonkers and then what felt just right. And then then you'll know kind of, okay, this is what my family can tolerate as a system (laughs) because every choice, this is another thing that I, I really constantly talk to parents about too, is that every choice any one person in a family makes impacts everyone else. Like it has to, whether it's needing a ride somewhere or, you know, needing some level of coordination. So 
you know, every week is not going to be perfect, but at least if you know and have that information, you can work on shedding off some stuff. So if I find that I've got a week where it's really over the top, like way off of my, my Goldilocks level, then I'll just, I'll start rearranging things, seeing what I can drop, um, push forward. And it's, it's really helpful to have a little, you know, mindfulness around that for sure. I love that. I love all of that so much. Well, our last kind of topic here to discuss is is future focus looking at 2022 and we've talked about the systems we have relied on and I know we have, haven't even discussed them all but I'm very curious if either of you personally are going to try something new in terms of organization goal setting and planning in 2022 um something you haven't tried before or maybe something you used to do and you'd like to get back to so what's something from your planning life that you'll be trying anew this year Sarah yeah, so I did get a really beautiful journal that I am going to keep next to my bed. Journaling is actually not something I've done much of. I guess maybe because I have a blog, maybe that's filled that <laughs> need. I don't know, but um, it's called the JMB Living Journal, and it's really just like daily reflections and gratitude. So that is something I'm going to try. And this is planning adjacent, but you mentioned my Instagram break, and I am going to try to kind of be off of social media for the entire year. I already kind of put away messages up in November, and I haven't really touched my accounts since then. So that's going to be a big adventure that might kind of impact my planning and yeah. kind of what gets planned and goes into my life. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Christine, how about you? What are you what new thing are you going to try in 2022? I'm I'm smiling because well, I just I want to see all of Sarah's things, like all of all of them. I just need pictures <laughs> and now I I'll either have to troll your old Instagram or just, you know, we'll just the have show to notes. be the show notes the show Christine notes. will be yes. a tro a treasure oh. trove. Okay, I'm counting on you. Okay. Okay. Well, aside from that, I will say that the thing that I'm I'm kind of about to laugh when I say this because this is not normally my thing is being more of a kind of big picture hierarchical person. I tend to be mired in the details, honestly. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying for myself in 2022 is to do a little capacity planning for myself, um, meaning I tend to go about my days and I just open to do it and I just try to knock all the pins down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I do like I will engage in a little high level. Okay. Kind of what's like, where are the anchors in the day schedule wise? Like what are the key things I need to get done? But largely I'm knocking pins down. I had a realization recently. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm a creative director. Um, the company for which I was a creative director became acquired and we've had to be a lot more intentional thinking about hours and capacity. And so I realized, okay, if I'm working 25 hours a week as uh, creative director. This was never so specific before in the former company. Right. And I'm working 10 hours a day. That means I can, I can think a little more intentionally about how, how I want to spend those other five hours of the day. And that's actually like kind of great. Like, okay, where are my five hours is a lot of time. Like I can plug in exercise or a walk yeah. with my husband. I can plug in, um, a daily writing practice, which I'm going to say here for the first time, I'm putting myself on the hook to write a thousand words a day. Nice. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's just a very different way of thinking that I've not tried before. And now I'm going to try to level it up. And I got to look into Sarah's like the full focus planner or other things. Cause maybe I can do daily on paper, like my big picture capacity mm. plan. I don't know, Sarah, give me the answers later, but, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll take this offline. <laughs> we'll take it offline, but that I'm really excited about it. I'm just 
looking forward to a different way of looking at my time. I, I really relate to the knocking down pins because that's my the way I respond to time and tasks as well. And Megan, my business partner, who couldn't be more opposite in the way we think about organization and productivity, but I learned so much from her. And Christine, you should also offline with Megan about time blocking, because mm-hmm. even though Megan often like she she internally is a rebel when it comes to structure and schedules, and she uses that to her to her advantage in a lot of creative ways. But Time blocking has worked really well for her and batching tasks and she goes in and out of it, but um, it's fascinating. And that's when you were talking, it, it reminded me of like, like there's a finite inventory of hours and time. And I'm sure Laura Vanderkam's all of her work would fit nicely in here, too. But like that, I love that. That's all. That's all I'll say. I love that concept of like kind of looking at your capacity and then maybe even batching tasks or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Sarah, how does that sound to you or what, what more can you add? Yeah, well, I have two things that I I love that idea for Christine, because it sounds stressful to have it like, how many things can I get get done? Like, you know, I I do think you might benefit from sitting down at the beginning of the day and being like, what things should I get done? (laughs) You know, like, not necessarily what things can I get done, but like, what should I get done? And then what can I do for myself? And maybe paper will help you lay that out. Or maybe you'll use a digital tool. And this all reminds me of like Cal Newport's work on time block planning as well, which is really, really interesting. Um, so I guess I just wanted to mention that as a resource for anybody like that wants to learn about like one take on that method. He will get super into the weeds on how he likes to do it, which isn't necessarily how I like to do it. But Christine, maybe maybe that like might fit into how you're looking to structure your days. Look at all of you, both of you solving my problems. I'm so into it. <laughs> this turned into, <laughs> turned into therapy a little bit. It could go another hour, um, but we will make sure in the show notes, too, even though this is a little sidebar about time blocking. Because I know Megan has done some of her own like methods too. And then what she'll do is take a method and be like, yeah, I don't like that. And she'll make up her own, which is also great. So we will link to some um, time blocking and I like capacity planning, as you said, Christine. So for me, new for 2022, I have been very gradually starting to go slightly paper with the way I look at my calendar and I'm never going to let up on the digital like Google Calendar will never stop being again that engine that's always running behind the scenes but um I ordered for myself an Erin Condren planner with my initials on it and I will link to the one I ordered um it has some monthly pages and it has some weekly pages and I'm not sure exactly yet it sounds like double work right to have like everything digital and then to copy it down every week. And I don't think I would do that down to the minute or the appointment level. But I still think that having a planner open on my desk with a physical place to jot down notes. Um, I got kind of into habit tracking in 2021, writing down the shows that we watched and the podcasts I listened to. And it's really fun to make a physical note of things like that. So I feel like I'm, I am a little bit in both worlds of paper and digital. And this will be the first year I have had a true paper planner, I don't know, in 20 years or something, like since the internet came about. So that is definitely new for me. Um, and then separately, I would really like to try a password keeper app or system in 2022. So I am open to both your your both of your recommendations as well as listeners. Just that is an area that I'm so organized in all aspects of digital life, but passwords uh, are a hot mess. So that is a little goal. Can I can I toss in a really quick yeah. re- recommendation? Only because so one of the many things I do, I'm obsessed with sex ed, and one of my clients is all about sex ed. It's amaze.org. But mm-hmm. I had because I work with um, them, and sometimes people on the internet are terrible. I yeah. actually about sex ed. 
I actually took um, a digital safety training with them. And one of the password keeper apps that people were raving about, the people who were doing training was LastPass. Okay. So um, anyway, they, they recommended a bunch of them, but that was that's the one that's been on my list. That's actually something on my list too for uh, 2022, Sarah. I love it. I, I hear a, a few names that are often tossed around and I just hadn't really looked into them. So um, Sarah, any that you would rave about? No, I use the Apple, you know, my, but when your Apple it does, notes? no, it's not in my Apple. Okay. Notes. That doesn't sound secure. No, like, you know, when you are using your iPhone or computer, yes. if you're, if Safari saves it, you can just put your fingerprint yes. on and it will like fill in your password. But I will admit that strategy backfires if I'm ever like away from my own device. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I have right. a hard time figuring it out. So I, I'll get on the train too. I'll have to figure it out. But I just wanted to say, I'm so excited. You're trying an Aaron Condren. Those are such beautiful planners and I think you'll enjoy using it. I'm so excited. We are recording this on December 29th, and I was a little late to the game. Like the real planner people order their planners in, I don't know, September or something. And so this is not usually the sandbox I play in. So I ordered it in early December, and it is supposed to arrive today. So as we record this, I will have a little time with it before we crack open that January 1st. I'm very excited. So just so you know, Sarah, I'm going to check your Instagram stories later today because I expect to see a photo. Just saying. I know. I, know. On. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. An unboxing, if you will. Um, OK, well, ladies, this was so much fun. Um, and I know most of our listeners, I feel like, know you like friends because they listen to your shows and they follow you online. Um, but for anybody who is new to both of you, just let's talk about where to find you and your work. What's the easiest way? And if you're particularly excited to plug something that's coming up this January, please promote yourself. That is, I strongly believe we all should. So take it away, Christine. I guess the easy, I don't have something specific to plug, but I'll just say that the um, easiest way to find me is my website, christineco.com. It links up everything I'm up to. Uh, I have a newsletter that I uh, deploy fairly irregularly, uh, but with thoughtful essays that you can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I, my favorite places to play online, actually my favorite place to communicate with people really is Instagram, but on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, people can find me at Dr. Christine Co. That's right. Dr. Christine Co. I love it. And Sarah, where is everybody going to find you not on Instagram in 2022? <laughs> yes, not there. Although you'll find links to where I am there. So, um, my, the best way to find me, all the podcast show notes and my contact is via my site, which is theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. And my podcast is called Best Laid Plans if you want some planning stuff. And I also co-host um, Best of Both Worlds with Laura Vanderkam. And we have a Patreon as well. So if you're interested in a community, if you're a working mother and just interested in kind of joining that community, then we're open for more participants. I love that. Well, and you both, the door is always wide open. You've both been on this show multiple times, and I would love to have you back anytime. This was just so delightful. And I am wishing you both a happy, healthy, productive 2022. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And I want to mention a couple of things here before I sign off. First, I know a lot of people have kids home unexpectedly this week. Daycares are short-staffed, schools are experiencing delays or even closures again, and we know individual families are needing to isolate and quarantine again. I hope you are all hanging in there, and I really hope you check out our sponsor, Pock Pock Playroom, if you have kids ages 2 to 6 and an iOS device in your home. That's your iPad, iPod, an old iPhone, you get the idea. I cannot say enough good things about this company, Pock Pock, and the app, Pock Pock Playroom. 
It's calming. It's screen time you can feel good about. And seriously, kids love it. Go to playpockpock.com slash redeem and use the code MOMHOUR for 50% off an annual subscription. So that's play, P-L-A-Y, pockpock, P-O-K, dot com slash redeem. And the code is MOMHOUR. And then finally, I can't wait to chat with Kelsey from the Girl Next Door podcast on the same topics that you heard Christine and Sarah and I discuss today. If you're interested in hearing that conversation, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Mom Hour and look for that live chat on Monday, January 10th. Fingers crossed. That's when it's currently planned for. And again, we'll save that for later viewing, too. So if you miss the live, check the show notes for this episode or look right in our Instagram profile and you should find it there. That is it from me today. Happy New Year, friends. Megan and I will be back on Sunday with a More Than Mom episode all about our own goals and intentions for 2022. So I will talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.